Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. Super Bowl 58 is set as the Kansas City Chiefs dispatch the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore in the AFC Championship game to now face the San Francisco 49ers in the big game in Las Vegas in two weeks. As you know, this was a game in Baltimore that I was never worried about, and you could see that play out in real time as the game unfolded. The final score of this game, 17-10, to 10, was much closer than the game. For three hours, the Chiefs just beat up and mauled the Baltimore Ravens, doing everything with precision, almost surgical, I think was the term that I heard during the broadcast yesterday, was the way the Chiefs were executing the game plan. It was a brilliant defensive game plan, even though it's fairly simple to say, all you have to do is contain Lamar Jackson, don't let him loose, keep a disciplined pocket, make him throw the ball, and you'll win the game. It's awfully hard for some teams to do that. It was not hard for the Chiefs to do it. They forced three turnovers in this game. Once again, the Kansas City defense, the star. And as we've been saying all season long, the pieces are here for this to be the hardest Chiefs team ever to beat. And you can see it why. Three postseason games now the Chiefs have played. Against the Dolphins, they gave up zero points in the second half. Against the Buffalo Bills, they gave up seven in the second half. And against the Baltimore Ravens, they gave up three in the second half. If you're playing defense like that, and Patrick Mahomes and the offense are not turning the ball over, you're going to have a really hard time beating the Kansas City Chiefs. The only flaw in this game really was Andy Reid in the first half not using a timeout on a near first down by Travis Kelsey. The video review showed that he was about six inches short, but they spotted the Chiefs a full fourth and one. Even if he'd reviewed that, they would have moved the spot of the ball, or if he had just called a timeout right there. Then he decides to go for it on fourth and one, and I understand why teams do things like this. And at that point, Andy Reid was just trying to put this game out of reach and put them away. I understand it. It's not nearly as controversial as what Dan Campbell did with the Lions last night in the NFC Championship game. But to go up two scores right there, and I believe it was 14-7 at that point, the Chiefs would have gone up 17-7. To go up two scores late in the first half after you got the turnover with your defense that you have is a really big deal because then it's not one fluky play that can beat you. And so I thought Andy Reid made a couple of interesting decisions there that in the end, it didn't really matter because the Chiefs continued to just play great football. They executed beautifully in almost every phase, ending the game with a great catch by Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Long gone as us remembering him dropping that long pass against the Eagles. The Eagles are in Cancun. MVS is in the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs did pretty much everything right. Patrick Mahomes threw for 241 yards and a touchdown, 30 out of 39 Pacheco, 68 yards on the ground with a score. Travis Kelsey sets the all-time postseason record for receptions. He passes the great Jerry Rice. Kelsey was targeted 11 times in this game and had 11 catches for a buck 16 in the touchdown. Simply amazing. Rasheed Rice had eight catches for 46 yards. He had a beautiful touchdown wiped away by a holding penalty that kind of stunk. And Drew Tranquil was a rock on the defensive side of the ball with eight tackles. This is the best Kansas City defense of the Andy Reid era. This is reminiscent of being as good and as dominant as your Marty Schottenheimer defenses. The difference now is you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and this Chiefs offense to go with it. Baltimore made mistakes. They were undisciplined. I think in a nutshell, the reason the Ravens don't make the Super Bowl and the reason the Chiefs do are the same things we complained about with the Chiefs during the regular season. Stupid mistakes, 
inattentive football, undisciplined. The Chiefs had all that during the regular season. Almost makes you scratch your head now and say, why even play the regular season? Because the Chiefs don't take it as seriously as the postseason. The Ravens did this. They had dumb penalties, like the taunting. Zay Flowers made a big catch down the sideline on Legereus Sneed, which is hard to do because Sneed's a stud. Then he taunts him after the play and gets the 15-yard penalty. Four plays later, Legereus Sneed knocks the ball free from Zay Flowers, and the Chiefs recover the turnover. That's what makes a champion. That's how it works, folks. In a nutshell, Legereus Sneed, the prime example of why the Kansas City Chiefs are insanely difficult to beat. This is, you do, you don't fall behind him. I'm going to tell you that right now. You do not fall behind the Chiefs. You better get a lead on them because that defense, and, and really the offense changes too. You could see it in the second half. The Chiefs didn't score in the second half. They ran a lot of clock. They gained a lot of yards. They did a lot of things. They didn't score. They kept the clock moving. They had a defense on the field and they felt like they were going to win the whole time. And in the end, they did. Travis Kelsey would say after the game, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. That's exactly right. Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator. I don't know if he got a game ball or not, but he should have. Uh, terrific performance. Lamar Jackson falls to two and four in the postseason. All this hullabaloo about him being the MVP is a joke. I have a saying during football games. I've been watching the Ravens with Lamar Jackson for years. That's Lamar being Lamar. And when he threw that interception into the end zone, around three Chiefs defenders, I didn't see a Ravens player in the screen. I, I, I don't know where he was throwing that ball. I don't know what that was. That was Lamar being Lamar. He took four sacks and somehow, I can't be the only person, somehow got away with at least three intentional groundings and never had it called. Never. Three of them just standing in the pocket. One of them, he stands in the pocket and throws it away and doesn't get it back to the line of scrimmage. Another one, he throws it to an open area in the field where there was no player. There wasn't a Chiefs defender there. It was like the whole side of the field was open, and he just threw it over there from the pocket. Nothing called. Insane, the treatment that Lamar Jackson got in this game. And look, I'm sure he's a fine guy and all those things. I'm tough on quarterbacks in this league. All right, Lamar Jackson's a loser. He's the guy that's never going to win one. You can sit there and rack up stats. You can have a career like Phillip Rivers. You can have all kinds of Pro Bowls and MVPs and all this different stuff, but you don't win games. And Lamar Jackson blew that game. He had a chance to go down and be a hero and win the game at home as the one seed, and he puked. He absolutely barfed because that's what he does. Lamar being Lamar. And the Ravens turned it over three times. So the Chiefs move on to play the San Francisco 49ers, who had a dreadful first-half performance against the Lions on Sunday night and a second-half performance where the Niners outscored Detroit 27-7. to This was... This was fraught with terrible decisions by the Lions to watch their thing just fall apart because they had complete control of this game. I mean, complete control of this game. Then late in the game, after they'd blown all that, they have a chance to tie the game on a fourth and three with a field goal to tie it up and reset the clock. I think there's about seven, six or seven minutes to go and say, okay, there it is. We're back now. We gave up our lead. We just came down. We tied you. Here we go. Let's play for it. And Dan Campbell goes for the fourth and three and fails and does not tie the game. Each team scores a touchdown from there. It winds up being a three-point game in the end, and the Niners win it. Dan Campbell has done a remarkable job in Detroit, no question about it. And I'm the guy that always loves going for things, but that is not the place to go for it. As I said earlier, I can understand why Andy Reid was going for it in the first half of the game. 
He was trying to put his opponent away. He was already up. He was up seven and playing well. I get what he was trying to do. He's trying to bury him. Dan Campbell tossed his season away. He had a chance to tie the game with just a few minutes left and play for it, and he didn't, and disaster struck. The Niners would go down and score a touchdown to go up 10, then the backdoor cover, 34-31 in a, a wildly entertaining game for people to watch, but there are enough warts there with the 49ers defense. You can see it, folks. There's been a lot of talk about the Niners personnel this year being the best personnel in the league. A lot of talk about the Niners and their defense, and it's good. They've got some excellent players. I'm not saying they don't. There is no comparison to the Chiefs' defense. There's no, I, I want to repeat this, and I want you to believe me this time. The Kansas City Chiefs have the youngest defense in the NFL. They have the best defense in the NFL. They're going up against Brock Purdy. Okay? Nice player, but it's not exactly Tom Brady in his prime. Chiefs should be favored in this game. They are not. The Niners are a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which is stunning to me. We'll get all of Stan Weber's thoughts in just a moment. We are brought to you today by Back Nine Development, online at backninedevelopment.com. Had a conversation with TJ this weekend. He says we got some cool new things going on. He's just opened the dunes in Lansing, Kansas. It's eight lots with a pond in the middle of all eight. Each lot is over three acres in size. It's the perfect spot to have Back Nine build you a custom home. It's the southeast corner of Eisenhower and 162nd Street in Lansing. The final plat goes before the city commission on uh, February 1st. You're the first to know about these lots. They are not publicly listed yet. Okay? It's probably about a month away. If you want more information, three acres setting on a pond in Lansing. Build your custom home. The Dunes in Lansing with Back 9 Development. Contact TJ Okanskis at 785-236-0161. Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet GMC in Excelsior Springs is the home of the lifetime warranty. It's included with every purchase. And don't forget, Roberts Robinson can basically be your auto shop as well. Need repair, need maintenance, make or model, doesn't matter. Roberts Robinson will do the work with certified technicians that are really great at what they do. They'll even pick your car up and return it to you if you'd like them to. So call Roberts Robinson today for a service appointment at 816-826-1500. 6-3 or online at robertsrobinson.com. Advanced Medical Imaging, see what's inside. They're online at medimageks.com. If you need an MRI or a CT scan, don't use the outside expensive time-consuming hospital chains. They're going to put you off for five or six weeks before you get your, your uh, scan done. Why wait? See what's inside today. They'll take your insurance. They'd love to work with you and get you peace of mind. Call Tricia to schedule an appointment at 785 785- 856-0224 or online at medimageks.com. All right, Stan Weber is here. It's our football feast. We got one game left. It's the Chiefs and the Niners in Super Bowl 58. KKHI. Hit it! The Kevin Keatsman Has Issues Conversation is brought to you by Cross Kitchens, Kansas City's home remodeler, online at crosskitchenskc.com. Now we say hello to Stan and get to talk about the Chiefs making it to Super Bowl 58 in a game that, well, Stan, it played out exactly like you thought it would, didn't it? Absolutely. Um, I had a little question if Lamar Jackson would smell the Super Bowl and play differently when he ran the football. His decisions about running the football and finishing off runs and running with purpose was the one variable that I had in this ball game. And I think, Kevin, if you go back and – Watch the second play of the game when Lamar 
slid down for like a one yard gain. I said, game over. I said, right. My wife was sitting there with me. I go, nope, Ravens aren't going to win this game because he had to play out of his mind. And if you go watch video, if we could do this, if you, you had the video capabilities back when you worked at Channel 4, Kevin, mm-hmm. I remember I saw you work that machine. Woo, 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 woo. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Kevin Keefman, you got to see this guy. You think of him as a radio guy only. You got to see him work the TV. But anyway, if we did this and we maybe cut, cut our screen up in thirds, okay? And then we just had continually rolling Patrick Mahomes scrambling in the game against the Ravens. And then we saw jo- so jo- Brock Purdy scrambling in the game for the 49ers when they were playing Detroit and then put Lamar Jackson. And you would say, which one is the best runner? You would never pick Lamar Jackson. Those two guys ran to win. Brock Purdy ran to win scrambling. Kevin, did you see him put his body on the line, dive forward, sprint? And Lamar Jackson played it like it's the third week of the season, just kind of moving around, looking to throw. If he's running, looking to find a place to slide. That was never going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And he did that on the second play of the game. He had one Lamar Jackson, new modern version. He's better than he's been, Kevin. Let's give him credit. Lamar's better than he was two years ago last year. He's moving forward because he does scramble to throw, and he's doing a better job of making plays. He threw the touchdown, right, that he got the flowers uh, when he just kept the play alive forever. That's the best of the new Lamar. But that's only one play. That wasn't going to work against the Chiefs. He didn't run with the passion, and then it became, what are the Chiefs going to do? And we knew that they were going to be predictable. They are on fire, Kevin. They are focused. And I've been saying throughout the playoffs, for sure, I know I've been saying throughout the playoffs, why can't Travis Kelsey be a factor and be like the best tight end in the NFL? Why can't he have 100 yards receiving? I've been saying that over and over. Everyone's written off that, oh, he's just slow, and they double cover him, and he's never going to get open. I keep saying, why can't he be a giant factor? And he was. This is like Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to stop us. And that was the way the game unfolded. Those two guys just killing it, the defense playing well. And mostly, like you're talking about, I know, Kevin, Baltimore, basically what we expected them to be, right? Just yep. we, we talked about this last week on Monday morning. First reaction. First reaction, and we basically broke this down. You cannot rely on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. You and I were talking in October and November that if the worst thing the Chiefs had to do was go play at Baltimore against a one seed, what a great season this will be. That this is, you know, you don't worry about the home field advantage if you're playing the Ravens, for crying out loud. This is, I don't think they're as good as the Bills. Lamar being Lamar, I've been saying that for five years. You give it enough time, he'll do it. He did it probably 10 times in yesterday's game. That doesn't mean he turned it over 10 times, but he had 17 incomplete passes. I don't know how he wasn't called for grounding three more times because he just kept grounding the ball. He took four sacks. He had two turnovers. And Stan, the Chiefs had three takeaways in this game. It could have been six or seven. I don't know how the Ravens didn't turn it over six or seven times. The ball was bouncing around, and Nick Bolton dropped one right in his hands. The the batted pass that Lamar caught himself, I think it was – Justin Reed was right there. He almost caught that one. I don't know how the Chiefs didn't have six takeaways in this thing. The Ravens were so sloppy. And, by the way, the Chiefs defense, it's official. I'll just say it. It's great. And I'm tired of people saying the Chiefs are vulnerable. And, yeah, they got a nice defense. No, the best defense yesterday was Kansas City's defense. Yes, and going into the game, I did not downgrade the Ravens defense as saying that they weren't good, but they weren't dominant. No team in the NFL is dominant the way the rules are how things go but the Chiefs were every bit the equal of the Ravens period on defense just defense alone 
And they also have a championship DNA, Kevin. They play together. Uh, they, they have game situation mindsets that is incredible. I mean, the Ravens, unbelievably, because the Chiefs didn't score in the second half, Kevin, had chances to come back and be a part of this game. But the interceptions and the bad plays that the Ravens had with Lamar Jackson, when all they needed was a field goal to pull within a touchdown, you know, or they got down the goal line and you have an undisciplined play, sticking the ball out toward the goal line. Kevin, we talked about that. How dumb is that? You cannot you – ha- he had the first down. Zay Flowers had the first down. There's no reason for him to stick the ball out. Sneed made a great play, but the Ravens made a dumb play. After he made a dumb play just three plays before when he got the ball down the nine and he got a 15-yard penalty. So, you know, just game awareness. The Chiefs are so much ahead of the other teams of knowing game situations. And when Lamar threw that interception – into triple coverage, Kevin, over the middle on second down when all they needed is a field goal at that point. Uh, just, you know, bad football by the Ravens, and the Chiefs are just hard to beat. They are so hard to beat. And I, I, you said the answer to a question that I would pose to fans out there, you know, have a little fun right here. If the Chiefs had to play in the Super Bowl a rematch game, the NFL had some special rule that said no NFC team could be in the Super Bowl Chiefs have to play someone that they've already played in the playoffs because it's great theater. Who would you not want to play? And you answered basically what I would answer, the Buffalo Bills. Because I I trust Josh Allen more than I trust Lamar Jackson. So I do not want to play Josh Allen in the Super Bowl. The ratings would be off the charts. It'd be an incredible game again, Kevin. I'd expect the Chiefs to win, but I would still wonder what's going to happen. The Ravens, Lamar Jackson is just not wired to play with adrenaline. The guy just is kind of loose and easy. Yeah. And when the pressure got there, how many times did he overthrow receivers that yeah. were open, oh. make bad decisions? But he could he could overcome that, Kevin. If he would have run like Brock Purdy. Did you see Brock Purdy yes. run? Yes, yes. If he doesn't if run. He if he would have run diving forward. Yeah, yeah. If, if Purdy doesn't do that in the second half of that game last night, their season's over. Exactly. And he's not known for that. But Lamar, supposedly known for it, just doesn't do it, Kevin. Right. Now, he can quietly get you 50 yards. But how about when he broke through the line on fourth down? He should have housed that thing. Yeah. I mean, what was he doing looking over like, oh, don't tackle me too hard. Don't tackle me too hard. If Lamar Jackson was there to win, Kevin, the mentality you got to have like Patrick Mahomes has, he would have outrun the Chiefs defense and housed a quarterback sneak, basically. Okay? That's what he could do to hurt people. It's not his mindset. He doesn't play that way. He doesn't have a sense of urgency. He makes mistakes. He's not game aware. The Ravens well, do a lot of things well, but Lamar's not up to the challenge. Lamar is two and four in the postseason. Patrick Mahomes is fourteen and three. I mean, I, I don't even know what you have to say. I, the people that thought that Baltimore was, there were people calling for a blowout. They're like Kansas City is vulnerable. Like Stan, do these people not watch football? Have they not watched the Chiefs transform since? By the way, Christmas Day was a disaster for the 49ers and the Chiefs. Okay, they both had Christmas Day disasters, and here we are five weeks later. And they're playing great. Both teams. The Chiefs are transformed. You know they, what? They, you know what I think, Kevin, about Christmas Day, don't you? It was our Christmas present. Yeah, for sure. It had to happen. You, you heard me say it, right? Yes. That they hit rock bottom. They yeah. finally got rid of being the team that needed to defend and do different, you know, do things the way it was supposed to look, and just said, "Let's grind our way and see what happens." Yeah. Let's just grind yeah. our way and see what happens. Let's lean on our defense. Let's don't worry about drop passes anymore. Let's don't get upset. Frustration out the window. Patrick Mahomes, you know how frustrated he was when he started yelling at the officials and went up to Josh Allen, his buddy, 
and said, that's the worst call I've ever seen when he's shaking his hand. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is off the charts frustrated. And what did Andy do? He said, let's flush it, guys. We're not very good. Who cares if we're not very good? No one else is very good. It, so all we got to do is just grind and get back to work. That Christmas day I, against the Raiders was what cleansed the Chiefs. I don't know whether it's a credit to them or an embarrassment to them, but it, it's pretty obvious the Chiefs don't take the regular season as seriously as they should. I mean, the stupid things the Chiefs did throughout the regular season are such a distant memory. Nothing encapsulates it more than MVS catching that last pass of the game. He's the guy who dropped the ball in his hands against the Eagles and lost that game. I mean, you, 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 that seems like a million years ago that that happened. And here were the Chiefs with this brilliant game plan. And somehow, like the Ravens wanted to prove to America that Lamar's a better quarterback than Mahomes. They had him drop back 82% of the snaps. The guy dropped back in the pocket to throw. 82%. This is the number one running team in football. 82% of their plays were Lamar Jackson dropping back into the pocket. God bless them. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that getting it? It, it, they made him play with their left hand because you know, they thought the, the new new Lamar would be okay. Plus, it was raining, Kevin. I know we, we talk about weather conditions shouldn't matter much in the NFL, and they don't very much. But still, the Ravens' running game is a big strength. Lamar's explosiveness in the running game is a giant strength. And the Chiefs, if they have one weakness on defense, Kevin, we know what that is. got to try to run the ball. And yet the Ravens hardly ran the ball at all. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, but the Chiefs and Andy Reid, um, you know, I, I don't think that he doesn't care about the regular season. But this year, I think he had to continue to sort and sort. And guess what he did, Kevin? You and I have talked about this for a long time, that when the season starts, the beginning of the year, when we get out of August and get ready for the regular season, now Andy Reid draws up some new stuff that no one knows how to stop. And then maybe by week five or six, everyone else in the league's running the same play. You know, he'll design something brand new and invent something new and lay it on to the NFL. Well, guess what? He did that for the playoffs. The Chiefs have gone to this three tight end set, mm-hmm. and they changed the dynamics tremendously yep. because we, I mentioned earlier, Travis Kelsey was getting double teamed so much that they were taking him out of the game. He isn't moving as quickly and as dominantly as he has in the past. And oh, guess what, Kevin? He dropped the ball a lot this year. No one says it, but he dropped the ball a lot as, as well. So they forced the Chiefs to throw to the wide receivers and double-team Travis Kelsey. Well, guess what Andy Reid's been doing? He said, wait a second. I'm not going to have wide receivers out there. You know, I'm not going to have very many wide receivers. I'm going to have three tight ends. Noah Gray is good and reliable, and Bell knows his role, and he's smart. He played quarterback. Travis Kelsey played quarterback in college, Kevin. These are some smart dudes who can read things and now you mix it up with not as many wide receivers, three tight ends, and suddenly Travis Kelsey gets to play the role of a wide receiver in the mindset, right? Not really the tight end. He's more like the wide receiver gets different matchups, and they've opened him up, yeah. and he it, is excited. He might be a guy who turned it on in the playoffs and didn't in regular season. I'll give you that, Kevin. But I just think they re- reinvented themselves again. They hit rock bottom, and you said it. I mean, we said it last week with four teams left to possibly make the Super Bowl. Last week, last Monday, said the Chiefs are the most likely to win the Super of Bowl. Of course they are. They, of course they, they are. know how to do this, yes. man, and they're good. And, and teams aren't very good this year, Kevin. That's the key theme. This Chiefs team would have been exposed most of the last 25 well, years the, the, by someone that was better and hotter and more in tune. But the, this is the year where you didn't have to be that great 
to be the best. Well, we, we'll get to the matchup in a moment with the 49ers, but the beauty that I love here is their, their defense looks like a hot mess at times. I mean, just a complete hot mess. That was their problem against the Ravens on Christmas Day. The Chiefs, when they had their disaster on Christmas Day, was completely self-inflicted. It was not the defense's fault. Patrick Mahomes gave up 14 points in six seconds with turnovers. I mean, it was completely self-inflicted. The Niners' troubles, they've had trouble at home stopping teams. So I, it's going to be a really, really interesting matchup in this thing. But I, I just I just love the way they're playing right now. And when we say flipping the switch and three tight ends and whatnot, I don't have the stats yet from yesterday's game on how many snaps the Chiefs had or percentage of snaps with three tight ends. But the number one and number two games with most three tight end snaps in the Patrick Mahomes era, first was the Dolphins game. The second one was the Bills game. So that's what they've done. They've gotten to the playoff. They've changed who they are. That becomes just a little more difficult to, to get ready for. And I have felt like a couple of their motions, a couple of their play sets look a little bit different. And I, you know, I can't give you the nuance of everything that I'm seeing, but some of them look a little bit different to me. And I, I just think that's part of it. I think you save things and you change things when you get to the postseason. You got the best quarterback the world's ever seen, and you've got the best defense. I mean, I don't know how you beat I don't know how you beat the Chiefs. You better turn Mahomes over two or three times if you want to beat the Chiefs. Because when they don't turn it over and they're not doing stupid things, you can't beat them. Yeah, they're they're really <clears throat> taking care of business right now. And still, there were openings for the Ravens to come back and be a part of that game. It just shows you that the Chiefs can be the best this year and win a Super Bowl, and it'll be so historic, Kevin, so historic. And I don't care what the opponents were like in the year. We'll never remember that. Winning a Super Bowl is hard. This team overcoming what they had to with the wide receivers dropping the ball, frustrations of trying to repeat and and trying to get on the same page with Patrick Mahomes, all those things. If they can fight through that and win the Super Bowl, they deserve to carry that Super Bowl high and be a back-to-back champion. It is so unbelievably cool going to the Super Bowl four times in five years, all those things. I'm not trying to cut it down, but this football team is doing things really well, and still the games could be close because it's not easy. They're just not dominant from A to Z. But one thing, Kevin, I want well, to say he, to you. And he coaches different, Stan, too. He, co- you know, he coached the offense in the yeah, second he half. He changed the offense, up. the offense did not score in the second half, but they did their job. They did their part of it in the second half. They were fine. They got some yards. They ran some clock. They played to the defense, and they won the game. That's okay. I agree with you. I agree with you. I did not say, oh, the Chiefs' defense stunk. But the Ravens, if you are an objective fan, you would say the Ravens, if they would have scored a touchdown instead of the ball getting knocked away, would have had game momentum and would have put some pressure on the Chiefs, you know, within one score, whole quarter to play. Hey, Here we Ma- go. Mahomes but the Chiefs would have gonna... won. won the game. Of course yeah. they would have because Mahomes would have just marched downfield and scored. The one thing I do want to say to you, Kevin, because you will appreciate this more than anybody else, and my buddies who are offensive linemen, I love poking those guys, okay? They're my best buds. To this day, as an old man, still some of my best buddies are the starting offensive linemen I played with at K-State, okay? So I love these guys, but the truth is the truth. And you and I have been talking about this for a long time. So all you fans out there that want to go to the water cooler or go grab a beer with your friend in the next two weeks and talk about how Nick Allegretti just did an amazing job for Stephanie and for Joe Tooney. You know, maybe the best offensive guard in the NFL. Unbelievable if the Chiefs won the game without the best offensive guard in the NFL. The easiest, easiest analysis I had all week was to never mention that, Kevin. Yeah. Never. The best offensive guard doesn't win or lose games, okay? The worst offensive guard in the league will. So let's talk about this. Everyone, there's so little difference between the best 
and the middle of the pack in the offensive line. Plus, there's five guys, Kevin, that have to work together, plus a tight end, sometimes a blocking back, sometimes a wide receiver, sometimes multiple tight ends. All this with the play call and the formations that the offense gets to choose, they can protect bad offensive linemen. So it's not that I don't like offensive linemen, Kevin. It's just the Allegretti was in there. It was the biggest non-factor in the history of mankind, okay? There's, it has no – Joe Tooney wasn't going to win the game or lose the game. And so that analysis, if you want to use it, go ahead. But you never heard me talk about it during the week. And I said it to you, Kevin, because you understand where I'm coming from on this kind of thing. If uh, Kelsey was out, that would have made a big difference for the Chiefs. Okay, if Snead were out, that would make a difference. But when an offensive guard is out, you'd rather have him, but it's not going to define the game at all, unless that new offensive guard is so bad that they can run right over. Having the worst offensive lineman can be dominated. But as long as you're in the middle of the pack, Kevin, and you average it out with all five guys, yeah. you know that was, that was yep. simple. And so okay. that's where you want, if you're going to have an injury, that's where you want to have it, at the guard. All right, Dan Campbell was six minutes, seven minutes to go in the game last night in the fourth quarter. He's down three. He's got a fourth and three, and he decides to go for it instead of kick the field goal and tie the game. They eventually lose by three. And, I, you know, the computer said it's a coin toss. You can go either way. I don't like the computer. I, look, I'm a fourth down guy, Stan. Uh, not in this game. This is not a regular season game. This is the end of your season if you don't win. You have a chance after you've blown this big lead and your team is deflated, you have a chance to pull even. Pull your guys up on the sideline and go, let's go, boys. We got seven minutes left. We're all tied. Let's go. And he goes for this thing, and they weren't even close to completing the pass, and they lose the football game. Did Dan Campbell blow it right there for the Lions? Well, you used the words right there, Kevin, and I'd like to erase that little part of your question. Dan Campbell blew it. He lost the game for the Detroit Lions, period. Okay? But that was one point where he made a mistake, and let's talk about a couple of bullet points. Kevin Keesman was the first to say, go for fourth down, go for fourth down, go for two. No doubt about it. You were the first, Kevin, way before anybody in the NFL or in college football thought about analytics of the computer, okay? So you deserve to say you're open-minded about this because you were pushing for it originally. John Madden, one of the smartest guys ever and the best communicator as a broadcaster, Kevin, about football, said the hardest points to score are the first points, okay? When you're sitting on zero, now, it shouldn't matter, but this is a John Maddenism, okay? Stay with me on this. When you have zero points and you're behind 21 to nothing and it's fourth and four, he says kick the field goal because the first points, opening the seal, is the hardest thing to do with the psychology of your football team. Well, Dan Campbell, in your situation, Kevin, basically had that. Because do you know that San Francisco had scored, what, 24 straight points or yeah. something like that? Yeah. It's basically like his team hadn't scored, right? So why would he take the field goal right there well, you take it because it's like John Mann would say, get some points. And then you look over at the San Francisco 49ers sideline, and didn't you think that they and the crowd thought the game was over because of the amazing comeback they had? What happens when you point up to the scoreboard and go, we're tied. We're tied. The Detroit Lions, who are the underdog, are in your house. We're tied. We broke the seal. We kicked the field goal. Let's play the rest of the game. He would have given himself a chance, Kevin. So you can be as critical as you want of that. I agree. But that's not when he lost the game. He's even dumber than that, okay? This Dan Campbell that everyone loves, I don't know why, because he's different, I guess. Uh, he motivates his players. All that's fine. That's the Dan Campbell you can love and stay successful. Dan Campbell saying, hey, I'm going to go fourth down all the time. When did that guy show up, Kevin? That's not a part of being Mr. Energy. That's not a part of biting knees, okay? 
That's dumb. He, he's taken a Staley road of the Chargers. Why did he suddenly, the last three or four weeks of the season, be known as a guy as, I'm always going to go for fourth down. I'm always. It's a pride thing. This is a Detroit Lions. This is why we're here. Kevin, he blew it ten times more when at the half he's up by 17. He's dominating the 49ers, right? San Francisco has a sense of urgency. They get the ball first. What did they do, Kevin? They drove down the field out of halftime because you know this is important. And they went down the field and they got stopped. And they booted a field goal. You know what? San Francisco's smart play. Get a field goal. Keep moving. Let's just live for another day. But from De- Detroit's perspective, you just held them to a field goal, man. And what did Detroit's offense do, Kevin? Zipped right down the field and got into field goal range. There's seven minutes left in the third quarter. All he has to do is kick a field goal, Kevin, and go up by 17. When you're up by 14 and you have a chance to go up by three scores, and fight off a half of a quarter of the Niners being, oh, we're really mad and we're coming back. They would have been at the same point they were at halftime, Kevin, if you would have kicked the field goal. That's when the game ended. He lost the game by going for fourth down. And he'll say, well, my guy drops the ball. He normally catches it. No, you're dumb. You gave the game away by going for fourth down and not kicking the field goal. Detroit kicks the field goal in the third quarter with seven minutes left. Kevin, they're up by 17. They hold on and win that thing. Okay, he lost the game. But to be fair, to be fair, Kevin, Andy Reid almost gave the Baltimore Ravens a chance to win. When he was up by seven and near the 15 or 20-yard line and he was dominating the game and he didn't kick that field goal, that was a giant mistake. Yeah, I agree. That's a giant mistake. I I was going to ask you about that. I've got got that written down because I wanted to go over that with you as well. And I can understand what he was doing. Okay, I, I couldn't understand Not what me. Dan Campbell was doing. Not me. Well, he was trying to bury no. him, Stan. He's like, we're going to bury these guys. Oh, Dan Campbell? No, no. Andy Reid was like, we got, we're going up oh, 14. Okay. We're going to bury this bunch right now. We're not taking any chances today. We're going to bury him. So I get that. What really bothered me was it was a full yard, okay? And if he'd have called a timeout or challenged the spot, I don't think Kelsey got the first down. I think he was six inches short. But six inches is entirely different than a full yard. That spot was horrendous on that play, and the clock's just ticking, and Andy sends his guys out there, and they go for it, and they get stuffed. If he just used a timeout there or or challenged or something, then maybe there's a better outcome. I think I would have kicked the field goal too. Oh, I, In fact, I know I would have because going up two scores with the defense the Chiefs have this year is a big deal going up two scores, okay? So I'm with you on that, but I didn't think it was as bad as Dan Campbell. I at least I can understand that. No, Andy, no, no, not as bad. Don't don't say it's as bad, Kevin. I, I'm sorry I mixed those two together. Yeah, Andy okay. Reid is 500 miles behind Agreed. Dan Campbell. I'm just telling you to be fair, because I don't want to just act like a homer and not forget. I thought Andy Reid made a mistake. He and did. Let Baltimore have a he chance blew it. throughout the whole game. But don't you think Three he should have called a timeout the when, whole game? When you saw Kelsey, yeah, when Kelsey got up and said, "I got the first down," right then and there. It, it, the Chiefs should have stopped the game. Either challenge it. If you don't want to use your challenge flag, just call timeout. Let's take a look at it. We, you know, you didn't need those three timeouts. It was late in the first half. You're okay. Call your timeout. Let's yes. take a look. I think they would have respotted that ball stand about six inches short. It was really close to being a first down. It was really close, but it wasn't. And so, but you, you're right on all those things. Every point you made is correct. It's not the worst sin in the world, but those three points hung around Huge. the ball game the rest yes. of the way. Yes. But the domination of the only chance Baltimore had was somehow get a turnover or stop the Chiefs on downs and make it seem like they were still in the game. Because if he had kicked that field goal, the Chiefs were scoring on every drive. Yeah. Lamar Jackson was struggling. Uh, the Chiefs were going to get the football to start the second half. You're up by 10 already. 
And anybody who had the mindset, oh, we're going, we're on a race to 30. No, no team's play, scored 30 against the Chiefs this whole year, Kevin. These two defenses are the strengths of each of these teams. So it, it's, it's a mindset where the, the book, the computer says go for it every time. Fans, do not buy into it. Mm-hmm. If you ever get a chance to coach for a team in the playoffs, think of it as playoff football. Just go back to you know 1990 and say, what would I do? Go up by 10. And Dan Campbell should have tied the game late, Kevin. That you, Your point is very well taken, but he should have taken a 17-point lead. Yeah. Kevin, yeah. how would the Niners feel if they come out mad yeah. in the second half and, and they look up reset. and they're 17 down with seven minutes left? I'm with you. He gave them life. He gave them the game. And Dan Campbell can be energetic, and you can love him. I just look at, look at him and go, I don't believe in him. I never said, Kevin, that they'd make the Super Bowl. You've asked me throughout the year, like, well, who? I've named it. One time he said, you didn't mention Detroit. No. I didn't. But Dan Campbell's team really came together. They are a good group of players. They play well. They, they stop the run better than most. I can tell you a, re- a lot of reasons why Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions are good. But I thought in the last part of the year, during December, when he started saying, we're just going to go for fourth down. Remember the Dallas game when they wanted to say the officials lost the game? Dan Campbell lost the game because he wouldn't take field goals, Kevin. Yeah. He just said, we're yeah. going to go for fourth down no matter what. When did he start doing that? That's not part of being an aggressive, tough, smart coach that's just stupid and he he played it out lost to the cowboys and he cost his team the game period in that game against the niners all right before we preview super bowl 58 between the chiefs and the 49ers i want to remind you that stan weber's appearance is brought to you by ticketsforless.com if you would like to go to the super bowl in las vegas there are tickets available at ticketsforless.com you better have a good strong stomach to take a look at the prices but if you're if you're that guy and you want to go and Vegas is your thing, ticketsforless.com will hook you up and you can use the promo code KKHI at checkout and save between 5 or 15%. Ticketsforless.com. Ideal Health KC is Kansas City's regenerative medicine center. Dr. Kip Van Camp would love to consult with you whether you have chronic pain or something even more serious than that. Ideal Health can help your body heal itself. Call 913-745-5300 for a consultation with Dr. Van Camp at IdealHealthKC.com. And Dr. Bill Bush at North Kansas City Dental is, well, he's the dentist to Patrick Mahomes and all the Chiefs players. You might see him in there if you schedule an appointment because players and coaches are in there frequently. Dr. Bush's office in the Northland and Westwood, Kansas. Two locations online at NKCDental.com. All right, here we go. Super Bowl 58, Stan. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this, and I would love for you to tell me that I'm wrong. I'll, t- I'll listen all day long. The only way the Chiefs lose this game is if they beat themselves. <laughs> Correct or incorrect? I don't have a problem with that because it encompasses so much. It basically says if they play their game cleanly, what kind of hurdle is it? And I, I know you're thinking about golf season some, Kevin. I see the sun out on this day. Finally, I thought I lived in Seattle for a while, right. only cloudy, you know. But the sun will come up, golf season will get here. And I just think of golf tournaments, the majors, you know, the ones that really matter. How often do you see someone who can score low and, and win, but the old champion, the Jack Nicklauses, the Tiger Woods of the world, just go grind out and put a decent score out there. Don't make a lot of mistakes. It may not hold off a guy who can go low, we're going to put it out there in this situation and assume that the stress of the moment is going to be too much and they'll break down. And how many times have we seen Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods holding trophies at the end 
by doing that. And that's what really the Kansas City Chiefs are. There's a story. There's some scenarios that I can give you that the 49ers could go win this game with the things that they can do. But if you just lay the Chiefs' best game out there, wow, it becomes hard to overcome, Kevin, because where's the weakness? You need Bucker to blast a a 50-yard field goal when the offense doesn't really function very well. Well, What do you do at halftime against the Ravens? Boom, 50-yard field goal. You you want uh, the team to not make dumb mistakes, and and even though they're on edge, make sure they don't make the push that causes a penalty. You see Travis Kelsey just baiting the Ravens into penalties. I mean, he was causing a lot of havoc out there. And he was the instigator of many times. But who got the 15-yard penalties, Kevin? The Ravens. You know, they make mistakes. The Chiefs don't. They're locked in. Do you believe in Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in a stress situation late in the game? I do. Well, I don't remember anything about midseason. I trust these Chiefs are going to make plays on offense. Their defense really is good, right? There's no dominant player that just takes over the game. But they are good from front to back. And I tell you what. Coach of the Year, Steve Spagnola. The way he's calling games, Kevin, is just off the charts. He puts his guys in situations. He teaches them how to take angles, when to punch the ball. Did you see Snead punch the ball at the end? I mean, they know how to play. Isn't he going to throw something at Brock Purdy that Brock Purdy has not seen? Yeah, absolutely. And they have the capability of doing it. They're so interchangeable in what they do. So, yeah, I will say this. The Chiefs are going to be a reliable force stepping up their game and playing at a Super Bowl level better than they did in 2019. Because remember how the 2019 game went? They were beaten up and 10 points behind midway through the fourth quarter against the Niners. But they were brand new to the Super Bowl, Kevin. Patrick Mahomes was just a young guy at that time. He knows so much more about how adrenaline flows through your body and what the Super Bowl two weeks is going to be like. And the pregames, when you're sitting out there, you know they're not used to coming out of the tunnel and then sitting around for 15 minutes. That's not the rhythm they have. But when you played in the Super Bowl, you go, yep, big production. We're going to have the national anthem and all this stuff, the flyovers. We're going to have to stand out here forever. Guess what? The Chiefs are ready for all those things. There are no distractions. They're focused. In fact, when I knew that the Chiefs were going to beat the Baltimore Ravens, in my mind, Kevin, when I had a conviction in a game that I could make up to be darn close, and had reasons to believe why the Ravens could win the game. When I felt like I, I am definitely saying the Chiefs are going to win this game is when I saw the video in the locker room after the Buffalo Bills win when Andy Reid spoke to the team, and he's got great connectivity with the team, but he had he had an enthusiasm like, great job, guys, but we're not done yet. You know, it was just really well done. He wasn't curmudgeon uh, like Bill Belichick. He was happy, but he just said we got more work to do. But near his left shoulder, a few feet away, was Patrick Mahomes. And immediately, like it was – orchestrated, Patrick Mahomes started talking. Just That didn't cut Andy Reid off, but he started talking, and he said, hey, guys, they wanted a little bit of us. They got it. Let's go. We got more to do. Let's get ready for next week. And then Travis Kelsey, one step over from Patrick, can't stop himself, and he goes, we got to ramp it up another level. That's right. He goes, boom. They know it. And that's how focused their leaders are. They thought they had to ramp it up from the Buffalo game, Kevin, to Baltimore. And guess what they're saying right now? Guys, we got to ramp it up for the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are going to be a hard out. Can the Niners win the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Kevin, there's one team that I've been focusing in on all year long when we talked about this. All year long, we want to jump ahead. Didn't matter if it's week six, week 12. I said the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFL at that time. They're the best team in the NFC. I did not believe in the Eagles. They were leaking oil early and finally blew the engine 
and we're gone. There's no way you're going to believe in the Dallas Cowboys. I don't believe in the Detroit Lions enough, so I might have been wrong because Detroit had a big lead. But San Francisco is the real deal, Kevin. And all year long, to all the listeners who've been with us the whole time and listening when we talked on this podcast, Kevin, I've not been down on the Chiefs. I keep saying there are not very many good teams in the NFL and in the AFC that looked like it was going to be great. When Joe Burrow got hurt, they are the scariest team because Joe Burrow has the guts to fight Patrick Mahomes, Kevin. He's the one dude that does. When he got hurt and Buffalo was 500, I was looking around, and even though the Chiefs were not playing great, dropping the football, becoming frustrated all year long, Kevin, I said they still have a chance. They still have a chance. But I've always been on the Niners as a team that's the likely team in the NFC to be at the Super Bowl. So here they are. And Brock Purdy showed you he's not a game manager. Two weeks in a row they came back from deficits when they should have lost. The good news is they they had those deficits, Kevin. They're not a machine. They're not perfect. They're beatable. Great news for the Chiefs. But the guy that um, when they have their three superstars out there, they can get done. Hand it to Brock Purdy for being good enough in, in getting it done. But when they have their wide receiver available to get after it, and Christian McCaffrey is so unbelievable, Debo Samuel, and then their tight end George Kittle are available. When all three of those guys are out there with Brock Purdy, this team could be dangerous. So it could still be a close Super Bowl. The Niners could still win it, but they're going to have to play great because the Chiefs are going to be hard to beat. Stan, you're the best. We appreciate your time as always, and we look forward to catching up with you next week for a little more intense preview of the big game. It should be fun. Kevin, kick the field goal when given the opportunity, okay? <laughs> exactly right. Ooh. I know you're Mr. Fourth Down, but don't go crazy. Keep your composure and kick the field goal once in a while. So I know you'll do it, Kevin. It's great to talk to all your listeners on Kevin Kitchman Has Issues. Go ask him about his TV skills, his <laughs> ability to handle uh, video. I mean, this guy is amazing. So go uh-huh. talk to him about that. Get Kevin, not just a radio guy, not just a podcast guy a TV guru behind the scenes with the equipment. Just amazing. I don't think of you as a technology guy, but when you get in front of that TV uh, video, man, you could really make it sing. So, Kevin, <laughs> it's so much fun that we get to talk. I know we're going to talk about the Super Bowl for the next couple of weeks. We were going to do it no matter what and be excited because we love football. But we're doing it with the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Awesome. This is awesome. That's so fun. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. See you, Kevin. All right. There's Dan Weber. He is the best. And your football feast. That's good stuff. We're going to have a final final here in a moment. We'll talk a little college basketball as Kansas lost. It's brought to you by Finch Knife Company online at finchknifeco.com. Keep life from getting dull with a Finch pocket knife at Shields and Overland Park or online at finchknifeco.com. Buck Roofing and Buck Disposal. Buck Disposal is online at buckdisposal.com. If your job site requires a giant disposal unit to get rid of roofing materials, uh, interiors of houses that are being remodeled, or if you're just cleaning something out, Call Buck Roofing and Buck Disposal, 913-242-7695, online at buckdisposal.com. And Dr. Jeremy and his team at Fry Orthodontics, teeth love us, you will too. Fry Orthodontics has a location near you. First appointment is always free, just mention the podcast. Get the consultation, find out what it might take to get that perfect smile for life. It really does make a difference, not just how you look, but how you feel, your confidence level, tremendous. FryOrthodontics.com, where they work with your individual goals and eliminate excessive treatment every single time, whether it's braces or Invisalign. FryOrthodontics.com. Our final final here is college basketball, as it was a rough Saturday for KUK State and Missouri fans. 
all three teams fall for the point and purposes of this podcast. We won't spend a whole lot of time on Missouri, whose season is pretty much over, and K-State, who just got bombed, and you can see the end of their season not too far away if they don't find a way to win a couple more games. But Kansas is now officially off to the worst conference start in the Bill Self era. The Jayhawks are 4-3 and three, and very much in the middle of the pack of the Big 12 as they lose at Iowa State. Bill Self said after the game that he was encouraged by what he saw, that that was the best offense they'd played in a while and scoring 75 points on the road in Ames. He thought it was a pretty big deal. They had a wicked second half. I think he scored 49 in the second half. So they really lit it up and played very, very well, but didn't get the win. They're now 4-3. and three. Does the schedule get harder? Yeah. I mean, they're still going to play Baylor. They have to play Houston twice. I think Kansas plays Houston Saturday at Allen Fieldhouse. So that helps that that one's going to be at home. Then at the end of the year, I think they play them again, but it's at Houston. Houston looks really, really good. I don't think Kansas is the favorite to win this league right now. I, and I can't believe that. Now, it's a snapshot, seven games in. They are four and three, but they look like the kind of team that just isn't going to win much on the road unless they're literally playing a bad team. And they've played some bad teams on the road and lost, like Central Florida and West Virginia. So this is just really unusual for a Bill Self team to not be winning more games on the road, and it seems like it is a problem. To me, that's the alarm, because we know how good they're going to be at home. I, I mean, will they lose a game at home? Probably not. They, I mean, they actually did or should have lost to TCU at Allen Fieldhouse, but does that mean, I think KU's improving, does that mean that, you know, they're going to lose one somewhere? I don't know. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But they do look like they're going to lose a couple, three more games out on the road, and I think if you start getting around six losses, it's going to be real hard to win the Big 12. I, I don't know how somebody with six losses is going to win the Big 12. So different kind of year for Kansas basketball where when you watch them, there's just a little something missing. And I don't know if it's an intensity thing. Bill Self on Saturday had a nice-looking sport coat on. He dressed up. It was on network TV. It was on CBS. He looks great. He's clearly healthier um, with his heart valve and the, the issues that he's gone through. But he doesn't look like he coaches with the same intensity. I don't know if he can. I don't know if his doctors have told him. You know, don't get crazy and wound up and jump up and down and scream at your kids. and all. We're just not seeing much of that. It's it's almost like a calmer, gentler Bill Self. And I don't know if the team has has kind of taken on that identity. I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm merely observing or asking the questions, what could it be? Because they've got two pieces that other people don't have. With McCuller and Dickinson, 24-year-old dudes that have been around forever as the top tandem in college basketball, I think they should be winning more games. I do, but they're not. They're now four and three, which what a compliment to Bill Self in this program. That's their worst conference start ever under Bill Self, four and three. Amazing. Your final final on this episode of KKHI. Don't forget to go to the KK List for all of our sponsors. The website is thekklist.com. If you ever want to know about anybody that sponsors this show or more, other people uh, that are at the KK List, they're great conservative companies. They, uh, I, I believe they earn the right to earn your support. Don't just give it to them. Make them earn it. TheKKList.com for all things Kansas City, all things conservative, and at this point, all things Chiefs. Have a great day. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com. 
For as little as $5 a month, support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at thekklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.